Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be f-ing great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Back for Shabelka. He'll see now. Shit. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he gives the old on your bike. I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Hey, welcome everybody to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. I am your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast host. Justin Ashcraft, Evan Villela is on vacation. However, I still have Chuck and Paul with me tonight. How are you guys doing? I am happy. <laughs> you should be happy. Uh, I am a little irritated that I've now realized that I am not the first or the second favorite host of the second favorite union podcast. So I'm really just wondering, am I last? I don't know. I mean, I just, I just figured um, that made sense. We're we're scared that you would take an episode completely off the rails, and I don't like hosting. Therefore, Justin ends up number two. Super. Okay. All right. We'll we'll work out our, our lineup later. If you guys want to know what our top four views from the bridge hosts would be, hit us up on Twitter. You know. Well. Uh... Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and uh, Icarus FC. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. Just need to say all that. Want to get that out of the way. And uh, in line with seconds, we're talking about the second place Philadelphia Union. Uh, oh. So doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't, you know, but... Yeah, but it's still nice. It's Well, it's also good that the second place team in the East is still three points ahead of the first place team in the West. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. five points ahead of the third place team in the East. So I'll yeah, but the, the, points, those other Eastern second. Conference teams barely matter. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, guys, we got quite a bit to talk about. I feel like we take one week off and then we just have all this stuff that we need to address. But um, let's go back two games. Uh, Philadelphia Union played the New England Revolution with Bruce Arena this time. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't get a red card, and uh, it turned into the Anthony Fontana show. Uh, a chip in the 73rd minute, and then a blast in the 95th minute of the game, and we win the game 2-1 to one against a 10-man New England Revolution. Uh, what thoughts do you guys have about this game? It was a bold strategy for them to not let Bruce Arena get the red card in this game and actually let one of their players take one. It really didn't work out for them. So that says all you can say about Bruce Arena's New England Revolution right now. Um, But they just seem to not be clicking right now, and the Union are the better team on paper right now. It just... All signs pointed to this being a win, and... It was. I mean, a lot a lot happened on paper, but not a lot was happening in the game until uh, one Anthony Fontana came into it. Which is just wonderful because when you look at teams across the East, they don't have playmakers. 
we all f- assumed it was going to be El Sino this season. It was no, just going to be like, no. bring him off, and everything will be okay. But lo and behold, paint me shocked, Anthony Fontana exists on your bench. <laughs> paint me shocked. That's a that's a new one. Um, yeah. So you have now moved on from color me, su- <laughs> color me surprised. No, 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 no. I'm an artist. <laughs> I work with pastels. And Goodness, Anthony Fontana cut. is a beautiful stroke of blue on a game that had nothing going on in it. God, I mean, both of his goals... Because here's the thing. The finesse to hit a chip like that can be messed up so many times in a game, and you just look stupid if you mess it up. But he didn't. It was a very fine touch, very precise. And then his, for his next goal to be an absolute rocket... I mean, it shows that he's clearly, like, worked on his touch and his ability to settle the ball nice and just put something on target because there just seems to not be enough of that, especially, like, near the 18. You know, obviously your strikers are going to get your chance in the box, but no one's willing to shoot from out there, and it's just nice to have someone who, you know, I guess at this point you can bring on late in a game, maybe potentially start one game, and have him be able to do that. I mean, it's it's a nice thing to have for a deep union team right now. I also love that um, for that for the eventual game winner that Matt Freeze tweeted out that they practiced that shot um, basically after practice constantly. So it's just also hilarious just imagining how many times Anthony Fontana has scored that shot on Matt Freeze. Yeah, and it's like kudos to Jim Curtin for knowing that his team isn't great on set pieces so that they should look for those rebound attempts. And, you know, if you got a guy who can hey, do that, hey, you might as well if, float him away from uh, from the play that's going on in the box. What if Anthony Fontana was the one to realize that and not Jim Curtin? Oh, you know, then we have a coaching problem. Anthony Fontana <laughs> should be the head coach of the union. <laughs> We found his calling. He doesn't need. To, he needs Cons- to be the Wayne Rooney Derby County of this team. He'll considering coach, he'll how play. bad the Union have been at set plays, I am much more inclined to believe that Anthony Fontana realized, "Hey, someone should float around and hit these in, and if I'm able to do that, I'll have to play in these late game situations when the Union need a winner." Especially if they're going to mow down their attackers like they do. I mean, clearly the Union are getting really good at spreading the ball, getting into channels, and forcing these defenders to have to make sliding challenges. So they're going to get their chances late in games. And if you have someone like him, hey, that's great. It's like it's like I said yesterday. It's like, it's like Anthony Fontana is Roland Allberg from outside of the box if he had a defensive work rate and pretty decent hair. Like good on him he's got an engine he likes to work he can play a shuttling role but he can still rip shot man and that's you you need that you miss that you wish marco fabian was that for the union but now anthony fontana is and it's nice it's real nice i think um i will say this with the admission that i did not watch this whole game um that's fine. I, as long as you watch the second half, it's fine. The Riverhounds were on, and about <laughs> they finished their game, and I decompressed for a second from that game. I was like, oh, yeah, the Union game is on. So I turned it on, and about 10 seconds after the TV switched channels, and this came on, Tejon Buchanan scored. And I felt like I, having not watched the game, felt like 
the union despair of yesteryear of like mm. oh god we just let a 10 men new england revolution score and we're gonna tie or lose this game you know like whatever but then they put the pressure on for like the last five to ten minutes of the game and and uh you know fontana's able to come away with a winner so i i mean fontana's been great we'll talk about it in the game i watched too but i mean fontana's been great and i think you know is earning you know every everything he's getting you know i think that was the goal of the week for mls the winner was so yeah. i think like you know he's he's earning everything he's getting but i think it's 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 good to see him come alive and it's good to see him uh there um however there is this whole issue of the strikers getting on the end of balls in the box because they haven't I mean, Casper kind of did in this past game, but we're not uh, seeing our strikers did, did, be super did he, successful. Did, did he when it mattered? It took took not, a while. Not in the New England game. Well, no, um, no. Ju- Justin was um, fast forwarding a little bit because there's I not really yeah. that, there's not really that much to talk about in the New England game outside of Anthony Fontana. Sure, yeah, it was his show. He stole it, put it in his bag, walked out with it. Team didn't even realize he left with it. By the time they did, the team was gone. I think, yeah, I mean, I think here's the thing with Fontana, right? You come up through the system. Obviously, you know, you're, you're playing some games at, at, you know, at Steel at the time with, you know, Mark McKenzie, Matt Real, Olivier and Baizo, you know, and they're all getting their chances kind of this year. And, I mean, I guess Fontana and and Abizo started getting their chance around the same time. But, like, you know, they're all getting their chances, and then you have to kind of go in and, and, and prove yourself. And it's just good to see Fontana, like, coming in and showing, you know, showing out when it matters for him to show out. You know, like, he, he kind of needs to come in and, and make a statement that, like, I'm, I'm still here, and I can still play. You know, I'm not the forgotten one. You know, so it is good to see him, like, come in and, and show up that way, you know, in this game and then in the next game too. So I, I think it's, I think it's good in that scenario. I think after, after we, uh, after Fontana scored in the, in the, in this past game, uh, I know, you know, we were all talking on our, on our Twitter DM that we have. And, um, you know, I looked back two years ago to see the lineup that's, that Steele played against the Riverhounds in the playoffs that cool. Riverhounds lost. Stacked. And uh, <laughs> it had Brendan Aronson, Anthony Fontana, Olivia Baizo, Matt Real. And I think that was... You had a, fe- you had uh, a Femu, and then you had also had uh, Santi Moir, who's yeah, now Santi Moore killing it out west. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the striker was uh, still Ferris, Ferris at yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. Like but what? The, a, what a great team! Like if yeah. you look at that right now, it's like their MLS experience is like that's a really good yeah. team. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah, and my my reply to that was they this team could beat Red Bulls right now. Oh, probably, sure, for sure, sure. I mean, Harris Madunian in scoring the only goal of a game from a corner kick against the Red Bulls tells you all you should know about New York Red Bull right now. But they're irrelevant. Let's talk I mean, about this good. Let's talk about this good Union team. I mean, I mean, come on, Jim. James Chambers and Harris Madunian, and you know they're about the same player. At this yeah, point totally. Like, who, who is it? Anyway, right, but yeah, let's my, move on my to thing next. is it, just real quick. It is nice that the Union homegrowns don't have to be thrown into like baptism by fire moments where it's just one guy from the academy getting thrown in and be like, 
don't mess this up, like, or go score a goal. It's like the, the goals are almost, like, unattainable for someone in this situation. You look at last night's game, they had six guys on the field, or uh, five guys, because Aronson got subbed off for uh, DeVry, for DeVry, but it's like these kids are just able to run their engines out and, like, get in these games that really do matter, and even the guys who aren't the first names on the team sheet, they're still looking solid in their development. And you see guys like Real, who now clearly has to have a future. I mean, because you don't need to rely on Kai Wagner anymore, which is scary. Like, you've seen that this this is growth from here, and you see that Inbizo does mean business on that right side, and he's super young. It's... The Union Academy is doing something right, and... It's showing in dividends. I think this is really the first year that people are really going to be put on blast for this, especially with two European transfers potentially looming and Anthony Fontana showing out in the way that he did, including in this most recent game. That was just an explosion of goals. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it right for a second. I think this game was interesting to me. And just to kind of recap the game for everybody, Again, uh, you know, I think in the first 10 minutes of the game, uh, you know, I think Montreal had a ton of pressure. You know, we're, we're kind of playing in the Union's third for most of that first 10 minutes. Uh, a foul kind of outside the box, and Kyoto is able to hit a shot that snuck in the far post. Which I will say, Jamiro Montero, with his turnovers, is the reason for that. And he had quite a few of them this game. And that really pissed me off, but I digress. Hey, he wasn't helped much by that midfielder who was starting behind him and won Warren Crayball. Mm, mm. Yeah, we'll didn't we'll talk, think where we'd have the biggest issues there, but we'll, anyway, we'll talk about on. that for sure. <laughs> uh, then about ten minutes later, Kyoto, uh, I don't know, tried to. I don't know what he tried to do with Mark All McKenzie. All right, well, let's talk, let's talk it through uh, frame by frame here. Mark McKenzie whispered in his ear, Hey, bud, that was a nice goal. I used to score those when I was uh, th- in third grade. And he said, Screw you, man. Look at the scoreboard. I'm like, There's only 18 minutes in this game. You stink. And then Kyoto said, Screw you, and elbowed him right in the back of the head and thought, There's no way any cameras are watching me right now. It's not like this is a major league. Well, it is. It's Major League Soccer, and they have VAR, and he got thrown out of the game because he's an idiot. I mean, the interesting part about that for me is, like, it was clear and obvious what happened. And it yeah. took a long time for Alan Kelly to look at that. A before stupid he, long like, time. Before he, like, made, you know, whoever the center ref go, let's go over and look at it. Yeah, I don't even put that on the center ref because that's – those things are happening in, in live time, but Alan Kelly's seen that on replay after replay after replay, and you can't just yeah. tell him. I think you need to go over and look at that, like, or I or just straight up tell him in his ear, "Hey, dude, that's a red card." Like, <laughs> I don't even you, think you need to bother yourself with going over there. You may not have seen it, but it was a red card. <laughs> you made a mistake. Yeah. Well, it was my bad. my fa- my favorite thing was just hearing Jim Curtin yelling. The entire time, Ooh, like oh, yeah. it's a it's a red, it's a red. Like honestly, if it if it somehow had to been a red, Jim Curtin would have been thrown out of that game. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, without question. I mean, the 150 people that 
Max that were in that stadium all saw that it was a red and, and uh, yeah, it, it took them a long time to give it. But you know, I don't know. notice how Kyoto did not like raise his hands after the red no, was shown no. to him. He kind of was just like you it's know, okay, yeah. yeah, he got it, in my head. Mark it, McKenzie bumping up his transfer fee just for playing mind games on attackers, man. I tell you, it, it, it is nice though that while it is taking a while for VAR to be implemented, that it's being implemented in a more consistent way and with better results. Yes, exactly. And that's like, and that's different from earlier this summer in the tournament. You know, in the MLS Backs tournament, they couldn't they couldn't get VAR right for crap, uh, but it seems like now they're starting to to get it right, and so it's good. They just need to speed up the process a little bit. Yeah, because they get held to a higher standard if you're going to take longer. Like, the longer it yeah. takes, the more I expect you to nail it 100%. And at least in this game they did, even in the in the two decisions they had to make, which I yeah. believe came on the next goal, Justin? Yeah, yeah. About eight minutes after the red card, <laughs> Alejandro Bedoya puts one in the back of the net, and they go look at it again. Yeah, because they think Vooten, there's no way Vooten could have that clean of a touch with now, his that, that Chester was, stomach. Yeah, it clearly that, had to have been his hand putting it down. That one was the excessive one for me because, like, that review should not have taken as long as it took at all. No. It's because they kept looking at that camera angle of, like, behind Vooten. I was like, there's three other ones there, where he but, clearly bumps it off of his, like, torso. Also, it doesn't matter. There is no camera angle that could prove he hit it with his hand. Therefore, you move on. Yeah, for sure. It has to be a clear yeah. and obvious error, and there was no way that was a clear and obvious error. I have been very hard on Bedoya, but I do have to say I appreciate him swinging at that shot before Vooten had a chance to be like, this is my moment. I'm going to score this half volley goal right now, a.k.a. I'm going to send it into the second floor stand. So good for Bedoya for just putting a right foot through it and blasting it in the top corner. Great stuff. For sure. We were not talk strikers yet? I know in our conversation last night, we can talk about strikers in a second, because one Ooh. of our strikers decided to score twice on within five minutes of each other on either side of <laughs> halftime. But I would agree. Bedoya, I mean, I think Bedoya, what's interesting, I don't think Bedoya had a terrible game last night. I don't think he was at his best. I still think he needs a game off at some point in time. Absolutely. Just like Montero. Both of them need a game off at some point in time. But I think it was one of those situations where Whoever scores that goal, whether Wooten hits it and scores or Bedoya, it's like, oh, you had a bad game, but you did score. So it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like one of those things. But I I am glad the way Bedoya kind of took charge of that and just, you know, he obviously had the cleaner angle. And so it's good that he, like, took a shot. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I mean, the interesting to me is, like, for most of the game, until the other striker actually scored... Bedoya was the most threatening union player in the box. It's true. It's true. And that's nice. It's nice when he's able to have, like, fresh legs or he's able to advance with only t- with a man advantage and he's able to get in those attacking positions because he is competent around the box. It's just when he has to run back and forth all game, he's like, you know, guy in a Sunday league who just wants to sit on his recliner all day. I mean... And I don't blame him. I certainly don't. He's been worked into the ground by Jim Curtin. So he definitely needs a night off. But last night it was nice for him to be able to just settle in and be like, okay, I don't need to be in amazing defensive positions. I can kind of float up and we'll still be okay. And it shows that he's good around the box and in the final third. Just doesn't always get those chances to be there. 
So our striker did finally score uh, in, in the yeah like three minutes into stoppage time of five minutes in the first half because we had two reviews and a red card so it took forever and so we got five minutes of stoppage time. Casper Shabilko finally put the ball into the back of the net off of a very nice cross by Matt Real. Oof, my God! Yeah, Matt I, Real is I, a very good crosser of the ball. I got a message that. that Matt Real has never met a cross he doesn't like. Mm. True. Yeah. True. It, it seems to be that way. Listen, not, he, not many left backs put that ball, well, one, attempt to put the ball where he put it, and two, actually place it there. My thing is, when I first talked to Matt Real when he first came into the league and joined Steel, his whole thing was, I pride myself on being able to put my teams teammates in good positions, which is why he always prided himself on being an attacking left back. And it's showing that he has the speed to be able to track back and also deliver amazing crosses that make it idiot-proof for our strikers to just put a part on the ball, unless and it will most likely go in. Unless yeah, you're El Sino. Yeah, let's not say idiot-proof. Unless I you're mean, El Sino. I, 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 okay, I mean, I oh, won't actually, say a thought. Oh, for, for you. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Guess who's number five in MLS in scoring again? Casper Shabilko. Mm-hmm. I said it last week. He wasn't top five. So guess what? He's now top five. We He's... speak it into existence on this podcast. He was top five last year, and now he's he was back tied being for top, top five. five Doesn't matter. He's... Doesn't matter. He's, he's tied... tied for top five. He's That's tied six. again. It's the same thing. He was the sixth person on the list, so he wasn't <laughs> five. I think you're just trying to get Stop out of Stop with moving the goalposts. Uh, you know, uh, it's just you cover your hand over that sixth person. It's like there's the top five people right there. and He would have still. Can't, you, he, can't see, you can't see through solid matter, Chuck. Um, so. Because of his assist, he still wow. would have been top five on tiebreakers. Because remember, well, according to Jim Curtin, <laughs> he has feet like a 10. Let's argue, argue, argue. About... I mean, let's, let's, let's. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but I mean, like, it's great to see because you look at Casper's potential. Like, you see how many chances he's missed so far since the MLS's back tournament, and you realize that he could be, like, second right now in goal. He could be first. He could be leading the league in goals right now with the chances that he's had and has missed. But you don't want to be selfish as a fan here. You have a striker who is putting them away. All right, you, have a t- you now have a top five striker in Major League Soccer who is finding his feet and is finding his scoring boots. They are on, they are tied up, and he's putting them away. That's great. You still play in a system that requires two strikers to be able to do that, and you have an issue now. You really do. If they're going to keep playing this way, you can't just have some guy like... Vooten, who's jogging back trying to make defensive plays and is now where the holding midfielder should be on a break and is now utterly useless in the play. Well, I'm ready to just cut ties on Wooten fully. Yeah, and it's like Santos didn't really bring too much either when he came into the game. And it's like he, he's so hot and cold, man. It's tough. I mean, Santos brought a few dangerous moments. I think it was I, it, I, not great, not great. But it's also, it's... yeah. Um, it's it's tough to come off the bench and really make an impact in his very unless you're Anthony Fontana minutes. Um, well, 
those those minutes aren't inconsistent for Anthony Fontana at this point. It's he gets 15 minutes, and anytime he gets more, it's like, oh, I have actual minutes now. Yeah. Um, but like, this striking situation is just pick two of them and run with it. Yeah, and just see what happens for a couple weeks. Like, I think that's the thing is like strikers go on hot and cold streaks, but like. You gotta let them get on a hot streak. They're not gonna get on a hot streak if they're not on the field. So, I just yeah, I agree with you. Like, get it, choose one and go. Yeah, yeah. Well, two minutes after halftime, Casper scored again by probably one of the most unselfish plays I've ever seen Brendan Aronson make. It seemed like that was one that was set up for him perfectly to shoot one of his shots, but then he crossed it over to Casper, and Casper actually made. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but made one of probably his better touches of the game. Yeah. Uh, with, with touching it and sort of losing it, but in the process, he lost the goalkeeper and two defenders, and then he had to tap in. It's like no one could take – it's like 90% of people would take a touch this way if they were good. And Casper's like, I'm not good, I'm different, and just puts it the other way. And now, boom, you have two guys who have fallen over and one guy who's on his back foot, and all he has to do is just kind of, like, push it into the net. Define different, please. You know, weirdos can be good, you know? You can be different and good. (laughs) As opposed to traditional and good. I mean, look, all right, so I'll I'll frame it this way for you. Has Casper joined Ray Gattis on the union players that you have an agenda against? I mean, potentially, because here's a moment. Before he had his goal <laughs> I mean, in, his first goal in, all right, so before he had his first goal in, he had an even cleaner-headed attempt on net, and he just totally, like, sailed. It, it was bad. Like, he had the time to settle into his position and still missed with his head. And at that moment, I said, wow, it, it, has he – does he, like, not have the knack for it right now? It just seems that he's not all there. And then, of course, his next-headed attempt is beautiful. He has to make it on the run. He has to make it in close contact with the goalie still trying to spread himself over to get it. But he makes it. That's weird. That's just a weird striking consistency for me. You know, Casper, like, has the potential to be a consistently very good striker in Major League Soccer, but he's had his weird moments. He's different. He's, he's just a different striker. Like, he's not, he's not going to be talked about across the MLS circuits. He's not, like, even though he's making Team of the Week, it's not like people fear Casper Shabilko, but he still scores goals. Like, he still makes it happen. So that's what's different about Casper Shabilko. And, no, I don't have an agenda against him, but I'm certainly glad he's performing right now. I mean, I can't afford to have too many agendas on this union team. Ray Gaddis is enough. People are not happy with me after what I said last night. I, mean, I, I think I think um I think people in the league fear Casper Shabilko. I think so. I mean I think so. I think he's pretty dynamic when he's on. I mean it's I'm just saying from a wide perspective like if you're outside looking in and you're looking at this union team and you see a guy has like seven goals, it's Obviously, he's like, yeah, let's keep an eye on him. But people aren't specifically saying we have to plan for Casper Shabilko. There are cl- the the threats are because it, it. That's why you're not doing opposition scouting in MLS. 
because you do, I mean, have, sure. you do have to plan for him. I'm I'm not gonna let this stand. Um, I mean, I get okay, I get yeah. I get what you're trying to get towards on the stop Aronson and the Union will falter, but at the end of the day, Casper needs an inch to make something happen. He may miss four chances during the game. But luckily, the Union creates so many chances that those four don't matter as long as he hits one. Yeah, but the thing is, we were having this whole issue in this conversation about him getting three chances and not making any of them. And now it becomes a problem. Now we have a striking problem. Remember, like, we were talking about that we legitimately thought that the defense and the midfield were all sorted out and we had a striking problem. That was also different because he wasn't moving. Okay, but yeah. like, who's to say, who's to look at him and say, do you think he's going to run six miles today or three and a half and just take it easy? Well, he's never going to run six miles. So, if, okay. is he going to be a tree I'm, trunk I'm, or is he going to run a mile and a those, half? I'm projecting on those midfield stats. Uh, let's okay for a reasonable race. <laughs> what you can't look at a scouting report and say that. Maybe he'll run a lot more today as opposed to the game before. Well, it's not I, really I, I, it's just a I tangible think, I, thing. I think most of the stuff at the beginning of the season was down to fitness and the fact that he was in Orlando. And now that he's back playing in Philadelphia or Jersey, even though it's against Montreal because they can't play in Canada, the weather is more attuned. He's in a more regular, like, just situation. Like, we haven't seen issues of Casper literally not moving on the field in a while now sure and you hope you attribute it to the intangible factors of you can can, you know you can't control the environment you play in you can't control the stipulations of which the season is going to come at you but now it seems that it's steadying out more in a regular season where they're all localized on the east coast and hopefully that's it and he's just a good striker but I like how you're just ignoring the getting up to fitness issue, but I'll guess I'll let that slide so that we can move on. What I think is funny, listening in on this conversation and not really commenting yet, is that that Paul just just minutes before this conversation says, now we got a striker that's got his boots laced, he's ready to go, and all this stuff. Now he's saying you don't have to plan for him, so I don't understand. I think Paul's just contradicting himself, it's fine. Uh, no, I, we were talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to get hung up in this. Let's too much. move on it's before okay. we before Fair we uh, before we get to uh, another Anthony Fontana goal. I do have to make a comment about two misses that uh, obviously should have been in the net. One, Matt Real hits a beautiful cross that any competent player who can jump more than a foot and a half off the ground would have put in the net. But uh, El Senio couldn't reach it, and um, we didn't score there. And then a couple of minutes later, uh, Anthony Fontana gets a nice cross from, I think it was Shabilko, hits it right at the keeper, it bounces out, and somehow Brendan Aronson, with a gaping wide open net, couldn't put it in. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I mean, even with the hand being there, like it deflects it out of bounds, but I think 98 out of 100 times that goes in the net. Yep. You know, like, you look at the space that was available there, and it's just, oh, that's unlucky. Yes. That's just... For sure. That's just really unlucky. I would be pissed if I was Aronson, too. And he he was. He Um, turned around, and he was mad. Um, Actually, um, Morgan Susenza has a great tweet 
of just his facial expressions after missing that. Yep. Yeah, honestly, the shots you need, just go to Morgan's page, and she, like, she knows when to start shooting, because she captures those moments of just, right after that ball goes out of bounds, it's just Brendan looking around going, are you kidding me? (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I mean, those two misses were big for me. I think it's, I mean, it's, you can't complain about them, and it's not like, oh, we played a terrible game because we missed those two goals. Yeah, you know, it's something yeah, like that. A- I mean, the first one, Matt Real, I mean, obviously, is a beautiful, I mean, his crosses are beautiful. He is a beautiful them, person? Yeah, yeah, he, he is. is a beautiful he, he person. Really and he puts God. them, he puts crosses in boy. beautiful places. Um, yes. For strikers to score, and unfortunately, the one was to uh, Il Senior, who can't jump. Um he tried. And one was to Casper Shabilka, who's apparently a great striker. He okay. tried. I will say that senior tried to get to that one and just couldn't. And then Brendan missing that one was huge. All right, a couple couple minutes later, then you know, Anthony Fontana gets a loose ball at the top of the box and uh, makes no mistake. Does Anthony Fontana things with it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, from the from pretty much the exact same spot. I mean. You can't game plan for that. You can't game plan for a ball just trickling right up there and having a guy who's like, I've done this six million times in practice. What's another? Let's take a rip. Hey, it's it's and, wonderful. Yeah. What I love about that one is that one's just like trickling around. like, And McKenzie, I mean, McKenzie makes a nice play, right? He gets head on it. He gets a weird, you know, weird bounce. It doesn't land right. You know, all this kind of stuff. And he still has the wherewithal to keep with it and then see Fontana, you know, just another two feet out and just puts it right on a platter for him. And then, you know, he's able to just rip it home. So a really good play. Yeah. It's union firing on all cylinders right now. It's just a great thing to see. Yeah. The, the depth on this team is just absolutely insane. Like I, even though we still slightly have the issue of now people who can break the game open on the bench not named Anthony Fontana. Um, Just being able to rotate at almost every position and not miss your two starting fullbacks or a starting center back in Jack Elliott is huge. Although I would have loved to have Jack Mm -hmm. Elliott healthy and able to start at central defensive midfield in this game. Yeah, that would that would have been a bit nice. Yeah, and that's really my only fear for Wednesday, right? So, you know, the, the, the Union play again Wednesday night, Cincinnati, uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, I don't think that there's a ton of concern from anybody who's watched the Union for any length of time this season that we lose the game to Cincinnati. But you... <laughs> we have a problem. I mean... We have a problem at defensive midfielder when Martinez is out. And, like, Martinez will be back, so it's not going to be a big deal. That was, the, that was the yellow card suspensions. But when he's not there and you don't have a healthy Warren Craval and you don't have a healthy Jack Elliott and you have a Matai Orovet who has not figured out Done how to anything? play for the Union yet, um, we don't really have anybody there. There's nobody yeah, who can really. Well, we, yeah, we, yeah and, you did rattle off a good few names here yeah. that are available, but well, like when it's not, clearly but, it's well, a disaster. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't even <laughs> just when it's not. It was when because Warren Carval was available, um, 
but he but might as well he... have not been. Yeah. Um, Orvets has been available most of the season, but whatever he's doing with the team has just not put him in a spot to even make the however many players are carried on a squad now since it's not 18 with five subs. Um, and then when your next best option is a center back, that's still a slight problem, even if that center back did used to play central defensive midfield. Like, we ended that game with Anthony Fontana at the base of the diamond just yeah. because you didn't need an actual diamond playing against 10 men. Yeah. I mean, to be... Sorry, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Paul, that we, I rattled off a whole list of names. My issue with that list of names is this, right? Warren Cavall is not getting any younger. It's it's fine. He's been a successful player in this league for, for a time. He's, yeah. he's, he's not getting any younger, though. Jack Elliott is your starting center back next year. Like... Most likely. Totally. I mean, most likely, Mark McKenzie's not with his team. So, and I don't want a situation where Glesnes and Colin are playing behind Jack Elliott in this. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I do not want to see that next year. So, that means Jack Elliott's you, not going to be. I'm mad that you even made me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Elliott's not going to be available to play defensive midfielder next year. So, I mean, that's that's my issue is, like, we, if, if Orovets is not going to be your guy, and is not going to be your defensive midfielder backup next year, then we need to find somebody who can play behind who can play behind Martinez. Because Martinez, in a full-length season, is probably going to have two yellow card suspension times. Like, that's prob- there's probably no doubt that he's going to have to sit out at least two games for yellow card suspensions. Plus, in a full season, he probably gets a red at some point along the way. So and there's going to be several games. And face and breaks his nose. Right. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if he gets hurt; he'll still play. I mean, that's that's no issue. But it, it's it's a great issue to have, Justin, when you look at other teams around the league yeah. that are trying to figure out a lot, and you have to honestly, because it is a genuine concern. But it's such a first world issue to have with oh, our defensive midfielder may miss a few games because he's an aggressive sob. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I just don't Th- want to. That's see... awesome, but you're right. It is a problem. I don't want to see a situation. This is not a perfect team. I don't want to see it's a situation where we're playing a hurt Warren Cavall in that in that slot again. You know, it's just not. That's not a good sure, place to be. Because it was ugly. Yeah. It was true. It was truly not. It was good not. To watch. It was not working for the first 16 minutes of the game, and luckily, you know, Kyoto had a brain fart and decided to elbow Mark McKenzie in the head. So. Mark, nah, Mark, Mark McKenzie said something bad. He definitely did. I, I want to know what that was. I want to know what Mark McKenzie said to him. I mean, in reality, Mark McKenzie's just Mark McKenzie is just in, in, like earning his transfer fee, right? You know, like he, <laughs> absolutely, he, dude. If, that that ball to Aronson to set up that oh, assist yeah. was yeah. like god tier. <laughs> has that one? He gets elbowed in the head. Then he sets up Fontana too. It's you know all this stuff was. It Beautiful. is what it is. So, it you is. know my my whole thing is that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ray Gaddis told us that he would play any position that Jim Curtin told him to. I don't think he would be a bad defensive midfielder. I don't think except... so, actually. Yeah. I mean, he has enough experience that I wouldn't feel too bad about putting him almost anywhere and just saying, hey, do a Give job a for, like, a little Give bit. Give us a game. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure all the people listening at home would love to see Casper and Gaddis paired up top. I mean, it's better than our striking options right now, you know. Well, 
Maybe he'll get a the, goal. I mean, the, the he person, probably won't, but... The person who I was actually sad that didn't get into the game that actually made the squad was Mitchie Galina. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah, and he's been, wor- he's been working hard. He really has. There's no reason, none whatsoever, why Elsino had to get in the game before Mitchie did. I mean, because you're going to play all these young kids anyway. Like, why not? Like, why not give up, another young kid a chance? We're up 3-1 and a man. Like, yeah, what? it's like, this is so low pressure. There was, like, there was bro, nothing that could have done in that game. At them. I, hate, yeah. I, I really do hate how it's starting to become the wild Zilcino in this game. But, like, why at is least we're at that point. Game? Yeah, at least we're at this point where we're, like, not so reliant on our Brazilian savior. Like, come on. This is this is evolving. This is taking a next step. Elcino right. was a crutch. <laughs> For sure. Uh, uh, we're playing Cincinnati Wednesday night. Watch the game. The Union probably will win. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to talk about that. Cincinnati's not Yeah, good. you want to talk about defensive midfield problems. Uh, Harris Madunia does not have a lot of support in the midfield, so this should be a pretty straightforward affair. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll have a whole lot of trouble with that game. That being said, I'll probably say that, and they'll probably have trouble with that game. But, you know. 2-2 um, draw. It'll be stupid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it is what it is. I'm not... Um, listen, this is a situation where I am glad that we are at the end of the table that we are at. And when you look at the other end of the table and see Atlanta, DC and Chicago as the last three teams in the table with inner Miami, FC Cincinnati, Nashville ahead of them. I'm just glad we're at the end of the table we're in. Yeah, right. It's like clearly this this season has been thrown into a blender and just poured out. It's like this is this is how the teams are going to play this year. I mean, it's no rhyme or reason to it. It took New York till after the tournament to get their first win. Now they've rattled off a couple, but you know, whatever. And yeah, I'm just glad we're I'm just glad we're we're at where we're at the table. Uh, talking about games in the future, uh, it sounds like nine more fixtures might get announced tomorrow. That's nine, yeah, I mean, nine more fixtures that Ray Gaddis has to score a goal and prove me wrong. But, you know, I mean, at least they're getting in a good amount of games. That is good. So, um, about seven more wins are going to be announced tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I think It seems about... it. If we're going to, if they're trying to keep it regional and, you know, really not do a whole lot of cross-country travel, which they can't do to begin with, I, I mean... I assume there has to be some There's games gonna be thrown more. in against. I think against, it's going to be like against Midwest it, against like, at least like yeah like Dallas, um, Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I mean Inter, Inter Miami's coming here, so I mean I think that that I mean that on the weekend Inter Miami's coming here, so I think obviously yeah. like you're going to see games. Um, you know, just looking. I mean, even looking down the list, we haven't what we haven't seen Toronto yet. So mm-hmm. we gotta play Toronto. Where, well, where where are Toronto playing? Because I don't even they're know where Vancouver. I don't even I know where the, where the Canadian teams are playing. No, I thought no teams were playing in Canada. No teams are playing in Canada. Oh, uh, oh, God. well, they all played That's each right. other in Canada. Yeah, for a time because they needed to keep playing games. Sure. Uh, I don't know where Toronto's playing. I they might actually be at Red Bull Arena too. 
I think they might actually get placed in Columbus. I think they're all the Canadian teams are playing out a Rebel Arena. That would be just hilarious. I mean, Vancouver's not. I think they're playing out west somewhere, but yeah, they'd probably end up in Seattle Stadium or something like that. Probably not Seattle's because Seattle also has football on it now. Portland maybe. Uh, maybe not doing a whole lot in Portland. Uh, that's true. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where Toronto's playing. At the end but of the day, we don't know where these teams are actually playing outside of Montreal. I think. Yes. I think we see a lot of the teams that we haven't yet, or have only seen once just in the tournament. Like I think, where if we see the Revs or Rebel anymore. I'm just I mean, so done with playing those. They're two teams easy this wins, year. Chuck. I don't know. <laughs> they're boring games. There are boring games. I think. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we'll see Cincinnati probably again. I would guess Nashville. I would guess all all these teams we have played. You know, Nashville, Toronto, um, Orlando City probably again because we only saw them once in the tournament. There's, you know, you know, there's another game against Columbus coming. Oh yeah, definitely another game because. Against like you can't make this schedule that they're just flying by to see their pants with and not have one and two in the east play each other no no no, for sure that'll definitely happen so um hopefully we'll get you know another game against dc and chicago too but you know we'll see and if they end up having to play toronto they will be playing those games in connecticut connecticut yeah they'll be playing at uh university of connecticut's football field Oh, all right. their home games from now on so that's not too bad interesting yeah uh so that is happening uh our weekly update on brendan erickson sounds like salzburg is in the mix and maybe a little closer than most other teams at offering something i don't know we'll see and to all you union fans being salty about it being a red bull team get the hell over it it's money and it's europe money as long as he doesn't get loaned well back. he so he's not getting loaned back to rebels yeah no he's they're absolutely not, gonna, not. <laughs> they're not gonna send him to a worse team than no. the union especially considering that ernst tanner basically has the union already playing rebels system mm. um and also do you want him to do this but worse and, <laughs> and then there's also just the fact that like any time that a young player has to learn under Jesse Marsh, you take it. Yeah, for sure. Without question, it's it's the perfect scenario for him because his co- and then it's less of a language barrier deal with him too. Like he gets to learn under this guy who has a proven track record, and playing in Austria is clearly not going to be the final destination and ceiling for Brendan Aronson. So now you're looking at potentially, instead of giving him right to Bundesliga and then hoping that he explodes from there, you put him in the Austrian league and you force those other major European markets to have to look at him in a contained environment and bring him in, which creates a sell-on clause, which the union desperately need for this transfer. They really, really do. Because it could be big. And I, I think I would rather him go that way than go, like, the way of every other player that goes to a Premier League team, that they get bought by the Premier League team, then they get loaned to, you know, the Netherlands or Austria or whatever. Yeah. And they yeah. end up there, and they end up playing at Vitesse for several years. 
calling out Matt Miazga. Um, yeah, stop, could, stop, stop attacking me as a Chelsea it, fan. You, it, you, it, I knew exactly what you were doing with that Vitesse lone army. I've been there. It's okay. The DeAndre Yedlin thing wasn't great, and he's probably coming back. Yeah, you know, that's a thing, too. But I just, yeah, I would rather him go to a, a, a slightly smaller country, be able to play there for several years, and then, and, and yeah, and then I think you're you're absolutely you're putting a sell-in clause in that deal um, so that you're making money on that second transfer, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that is going to be smart moves. Uh, McKenzie is still, there's still rumors out there, nothing really progressing there, but... I mean, his stock is only rising, so if there were rumors when he was playing a few weeks ago... I mean, it's not like they're going to watch him doing better and be like, actually, I think we're good. So Yeah, and along with McKenzie, I think, you know, I think an interesting thing, you know, went around Twitter last night about Matt Real having been the captain of the U.S. under-20 team um, and then not having really played with the Union and then all of a sudden playing with the Union and being really good. So I think that that was an interesting conversation that was happening there. And I think, like, Matt Real is, probably a better talent than what a lot of union fans know at this point and then i think he'll continue to get better as he gets minutes you know i think it's been a long time that he's been working up to the first team and i think he's ready for it i think that's yeah. what we're seeing so oh every homegrown is gonna just price themselves out of philadelphia within the next five years and that's the best problem to have because you have so many kids who are growing in the system as like fourteen and sixteen year olds right now? It's just you look at oh, that depth. Till, of, you look at that pool of talent, and you're slobbering. Wait till Paxson is more expensive than Brendan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just love being in this position rather than having to buy Blaze Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain and being like, hopefully they produce for us. Yeah, like <laughs> hopefully they're in shape and can you know fix our structure issues and hey. make us a good team right now would you rather have gonzalo higuain taking andrew wooten's chances than andrew wooten yes but not at like not at gonzalo higuain's price tag quadruple the not more than that probably god i mean they i mean they all took pay cuts to play with david beckham it's true and they're not even playing on the same field as david beckham they're playing yeah, for right. David Beckham. Close enough. <laughs> Jay Sugarman te- should just change his Euro- name. <laughs> European papers, considering their perception of MLS, they're playing with David Beckham. He's out there for Inter Miami too. You know, we we talk a lot about Jay Sugarman being a bad owner, and that might be true. But if he wanted to do some good for the union without even having to pull out his checkbook, he would change his name to Pele, and then all of a sudden, boom. You've got these European talents who are like, did you guys know that Pele owns an MLS team? No, and now, bring, boom. He brings Kevin Durant into every negotiation with him. Yeah, and it's just like, this is this is my uh, enforcer. This is my... <laughs> the seven-foot seven Slim Reaper. Just like, yo, man, Philly's cool. You should come play here. For and your, it's like, yeah, my, <laughs> and my name is Pele. This is Kevin Durant. For what your a visual cool team reference we have of here. the podcast, Justin's just like, fuck, they're at it again. <laughs> I'm just, I, I just, it's, I feel like there's many times in this podcast where Evan and I just like, okay, you guys take it, go ahead. 
<laughs> I mean, there's really no way. There's sometimes really no way to just like jump into the conversation. So it's you. We don't. We don't try to exclude. I know you don't try to exclude. You just talk a lot. And... It, just, it just hurts my feelings sometimes when you guys don't include me. I, I'm not trying to be... Listen, I'm not trying to be included, so it's fine. It's really uh, okay. Hard, no, listen, Justin's actually being a bold, very bold, good host bold and not social getting stance. in the way of things that can end up producing good content. Oh, yeah. That's all we're trying to do here, right? It's all, it's all for you guys. You're right. Here's the here's the thing though. When Brendan Aronson moves to Europe, here's the midfield that I'm really excited for. Right? Okay. Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Gio Reyna, and Brendan Aronson. That's so bleeping filthy. Oof. It hurts. That is so good. I man, that's gonna. That's exciting. That is so damn exciting. If the U.S. can put a striker in front of that. Man, we might actually be good. Might actually be good. And it can't be Josie Altidore at 37. <laughs> yeah, at some point they're going to have to just be like, listen, man, we know you love this, but it's time for someone new. Yeah, I mean, I got a chance to watch most of them over the week. I didn't watch Tyler Adams, but watched Weston McKinney for a while and watched uh, Gio Reyna for a while, too. Man, they're good. They're good, and they're going to get better. Yeah, like, McKinney didn't have a perfect game, but, like, it's solid, man. Like it, there was no joke in starting him in that lineup immediately. I mean, he just didn't like, like to jump into the Juventus lineup and not seem out of place. Like it wasn't like, oh, he's so out of place. He's terrible. He's so out of place. You know, it's like all this yeah. kind of stuff. It's like no, he played well. I mean, there was probably some nerves on his like issue. You know, all that kind of stuff. But like, give him a couple weeks and then see what happens. And to be able to put the Union's brand on a midfield, like, with a potential such a good midfield that's about to come up through the U.S. and for the Union to be able to, like, have their mark on the men's national team, it's just, it's even bigger for the club going forward. And all those things that seem so insignificant in building up this club from the ground up 10 years ago just seem to be paying dividends right now for this club in ways that don't involve us having to spend $10 million for one guy. For sure. It's just, it's beautiful. Also, add in that just from the area, I will just continue to claim Christian Pulisic whenever allowed. So, um, sure. Add, sure. add in sure. Uh, th- at least three spots to that starting lineup, because McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. McKenzie, for sure. So... Matt Real potential? No, I'm kidding. Wait, don't. There's. No. I mean, <laughs> considering does Dest considering play on the, the right left, or the left? Um, Dest is on the right. So okay. considering the left back situation, I mean, Matt Real doesn't have to do very much to put himself in the conversation. Sure. No, it's definitely sure. in the conversation. I mean, I think there's obviously questions of where you play everybody, and like, can you play Dest on the left? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's like there's questions. Like, would you even like, want to force him to do that? And then you look at the center back pairing of McKenzie and John Brooks. Like, whoo, that's that's nice, man. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. is good. It's like, can we get through? Qual- you know, qualifying, qualifying stuff, and like, can we get through it? You know, is is always going to be the question. They made it. You know, Concacaf has made it easier easier for us to get through, but we still got to get through. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's important that we do it this year 
<laughs> next year. And it, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate about the Olympics. I mean, I think the Olympics would have been a good shot for Mackenzie and Harrison, especially. But, um, you know, it's like we we needed that for the U.S., but it's okay. We'll get there. Uh, anything else, guys, from this? We, we covered a lot, and we're hitting our time limit that we usually try to enforce ourselves to. So I don't have much else. Um, hmm. I don't think I, I don't think I heard a health tip out of your, uh, your, your side over there, Paul today. Ah, okay. Uh, so, so here's one. Obviously I am now a new father of a small, uh, Polish rabbit. I did not name him Casper Shabilko. His name is Smokey. And contrary to popular belief, you cannot feed rabbits a whole lot of carrots. Uh, Didn't you use that last time yes, we recorded? Definitely use that last time we recorded. Oh uh, well, it's still a problem. Uh, it's still, even if it's just like <laughs> a couple of them, he's getting the big zoomies in and uh, looking like he wants to jump out of his fur. Uh, but I- I'll come up with another health tip right now. Um, he's see. so full of them. Uh, yeah. So vegetables are better for you. Than uh, uncooked raw meat. Okay. Yeah. Well. Am I wrong? Crickets. Why are you all glaring at me? I'm right. I mean, you're right. It's true. I'll give it to you. Okay, okay. Paul. Health tip. Is it healthier? We're done recording here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Super. Chuck, uh, I will leave you with this. It's fun to be excited about our Premier League team again. And, uh, you know, not only uh, not only Alex Morgan, but Gareth Bale. <laughs> or not only oh, Gareth just, Bale, but Alex Morgan. I'm just waiting for that Alex Morgan to actually be Harry Kane's backup, and they've just been <laughs> playing with us the whole time. She's not she's gonna a play for the women. She's a ninety in FIFA, man. You gotta give her a shot. <laughs> hey, I am fully okay with her backing up Harry Kane. I, <laughs> I mean, when you when you've got when you've got Son and Bale running the sides of you, I, I think anybody could play there. Play pretty decent. One would hope so. One would hope so. You're right. Uh, we'll leave you with that. I guess your team's doing okay there, Paul. You know, I'm happy with Chelsea, man. I like their signings. I like new, their young guys. They have some new players yeah. who are playing well. They just... Yeah, and once once we fire Kepa Rizabalaga into the flaming hot sun and put Mendy in there, I will be a happy camper. So, you know, it's just it's patience. I preach patience with this Chelsea rebuild. It's true. It's true. All right, guys. Well, we will get out of here, but thanks for listening. You can find us at VFTB pod, wherever you need us. Um, you can let us know what you want us to talk about and all of that kind of stuff. We're sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC. They both do great work and we love them. So go mm. buy their stuff. Um, love them. Yes, they continue to produce. Uh, and then we are part of the Beautiful Game Network and we also love them for letting us be on the air. Uh, so go check all of those places out. Otherwise, we will talk to you probably after we beat Miami. Unless we get really motivated and record at the end of the week. Because 
Evan's gone all week, so maybe we'll just record again at the end of the week because. Yeah, Evan's if you done. guys see Evan out in public, he's pro- most likely going to be drunk. So just say whatever you want to him and let let us know how he reacts. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm it'd very great. curious to know. Yeah. All right. Uh, spay and neuter your pets. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. Uh, have a great night. Later. Or day. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. Seriously, we could not do this without you guys and of course the help of our network and our sponsors um we love being a part of the beautiful game network everything from soccer writing podcasts and other awesome content you gotta check out bgn at bgn.fm so much great stuff there we want to thank our sponsor roughneck scarves they have every team you can think of from mls to usl and u.s soccer in there as well um custom scarves for your team any group anything you want to do hit them up uh roughneckscarves.com try and outfit your team group or realistically whatever even your podcast like us in something totally unique for um that's not one of the ni- cookie cutter templates for nike and adidas then maybe you should try out icarus fc where Our boy Robbie can help you with creating the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let him help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. You can find us lots of places on the internet as well. You can listen to the pod on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast. To help uh, others find us, subscribe to the show and please leave us a review. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at VFTBPod. Let us know how we're doing and what you want to hear us talk about. And you can also email us at vftbpod.gmail.com. We love doing this for free, independent of, of, you know, big networks and things like that. You know, we don't have NBC or or Comcast or the team telling us what to do. And we're keeping it that way. We want to be the guys at the bar that are just kind of talking union that sort of know what they're talking about. Keep that between us, though. Hey, um, and, and we love your support. We really appreciate the listens and the views and everything like that. But, 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 if you want to go that extra mile, take that, that really crazy, unnecessary step, the one that makes us freak out all the time, you can check out two things. The first one, pick up some of our merch on Design Tree, dsgntree.com backslash VFTB. We've got the Kurt and Tanner 2020 shirt. We've got the Skill Senior shirt. We've got the logo shirts, which are beautiful, and hoodies and long sleeves, too. So, you know, winter... Heating up in the spring, not as cold, still going to be chilly a couple times. Go sort yourself out, get some merch. And the other one, if you just want to throw us a couple bucks and be done with it, you can. Ko-fi.com slash VFTBpod. That is ko-fi.com slash VFTBpod. Throw us a couple bucks, buy us around, whatever. We'll be appreciative of you regardless, just for listening. But if you want to go above and beyond... And hey, you know, let us know when you donate. We'll uh, we'll do something for you. We'll we'll uh, we'll throw you some stickers or, or things of that like. Anyway, until next time.